There we go. We're on episode four of Friday Night Counterattack. We have changed our name, which is fantastic because Friday Night Trekkertesis was all good, but Friday Night Counterattack, we believe we can actually counterattack mental health going forward. Ruining mm. the stigmas of Asian men and men Staff, in general. Staff came in with that, Staff came in with that line. Staff's the genius. Trust me. It's fantastic. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone on the group for helping us change this name. I wanted to say thank you for uh, all the help and support we've been getting in terms of our social media accounts, such as TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all the other social medias. We've reached 100 views this week, which is fantastic. And I'm absolutely loving it. And we're into the second week of lockdown. So how's everyone going so far? I won't complain. Pretty good. I complain. Oh, I'm missing football, man. I want to play football, man. Yeah, and I was just going to say that, man. Lockdown is just... We need football, bro. We need football. football. The worst thing is, there's there's an international break in lockdown, which makes it even worse. Based on last night's performance. Then you you got your players touching COVID. They're going to come back. I I, I don't understand. If you're a Liverpool fan right now, (laughs) <laughs> what was that Salah dancing man you can't even make the stuff up apparently what's it called Jordan Henderson's out as well yeah apparently Jordan Henderson and Robertson injured yesterday yeah and Robertson didn't play because he got lung so it's either Klopp pulling him out and doing a smart one or they just generally are injured this is absolutely insane that but it's like uh, Tony Cruz said this week they're just uh, puppets for UEFA basically just playing all games mm-hmm. around not even getting a rest, especially in this COVID period, which is horrible. See, the, cha- the Champions League traveling around Europe, okay, but when you've got people traveling all over the world, you, you, it's so much more harder to control. It's crazy. I, I mean, I, I agree with that statement, to be fair. But some players don't help themselves, man. Look at Mohamed Salah, man. You see him dancing at his brother's wedding. What was that about? <laughs> and then there's, there's a picture of him half wearing a mask and then not wearing a mask. Come on, man. You're asking for trouble there. I mean, he may have already had it. He's probably just doing it just to cover up. Should have done a Dybala mask like everyone else does. Just like that. That would have been funny. But yeah, no, we're in episode four and we've got Raheel on, who we've mentioned on our previous two, first two episodes, I would say. And here's someone that... I just say I'm very, very happy that we've got Raheel on the podcast now. I just want to get that in there for many reasons. Many reasons. And again, like we said before, he was someone that we classed as a leader. And that's more or less one of our topics today of... Leadership, so Raheel, leader on the football pitch. Lead, yeah, we'll go for leader on the five-a-side football pitch. Raheel, how's it been? You've lost some weight since the last time I saw you. You doing okay? No, the, the thing is, I'm getting mixed reviews. Some people haven't seen me in ages. They're saying I'm putting it on. Some people are saying I've lost it. So uh, I don't know what I need to be doing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, miss, miss playing football, man. Crazy. It's crazy because you just want to play and just want to see everyone mm. in the social aspect like that. Yeah, so. true. Worst thing is as well, you when I had a good day, literally the day before lockdown, I played and mm. I had a very good game. I was, when you have a good game and you feel like you're hitting your best form, you just want to carry on playing. But then, boom, lockdown's come. Can't play now for at least a month. And we don't even know as well if this lockdown is going to be extended or not. So, And how are you finding out at the moment, staying in lockdown? Again, we didn't even mention the first lockdown, but in this lockdown part two, how are you finding it? It's all right to be fair. Because I've got the chance of going to the office to work, I prefer doing that because obviously... You can't really go anywhere, like I said, playing football or even going out to see friends much or anything like that. You can't really do much of that. So at least like getting out of the out of the house just to go to work is is it clusters of the benefit right now. Yeah, it's just changing your surroundings really. You're not yeah, stuck no, in the same four walls that you're in. Yeah, you can't, can't stay in the house all day, man. It's crazy. No, that's absolutely fine. So if you're able to just tell us how you got involved in Friday night football and how long you've been playing for? That'd be fantastic to start us off. Yeah, and of course, with Friday Night Football, I think it's been a couple of years now. I think uh, Arif just literally asked me. Me and Arif have been playing football since literally we started uni with each other. Yeah. So obviously, Arif knows if he ever needs a player, he's the first one. I'm the first one to call and voice versa. Because, uh, yeah, he called me straight away. I said, yeah, I'm down. As long as I'm free, nothing planned, I'm there for football. And even if I have got something planned, I'll try my best to get out of it to make it <laughs> Yeah, man, he, he got me in, and since then, obviously, been been playing most of the time. Just recently, stopped playing front Friday nights, but I still play regularly during the week. So yeah, yeah. man, good. Obviously, met met all you guys through it. Obviously, Safa knew before um, uni, 
But we have with the yourselves, obviously Vish, Hamza, Sal as well. May you all prefer in our football. Good to say you use a lot of group of sound lads. <laughs> and look where it's led us, just keeping our social yeah, aspects going on a, on a Zoom conference, which is fantastic. 100%. We started a podcast as well. But in terms of your playing styles, we discussed it previously and Arif alluded to it and Salim did as well, that you played two different ways of football. So when we play on a Friday night, we'd play first to 10, best out of three games type of thing. But the other game is something that I'm still not a fan of, of your playing differences between you've got two differences or three differences. What would you Shall say be, is the best be, for, for both, if you can tell us, the best? I'll be honest with you. See, yeah, be straight I, up. I started playing, like, obviously on the far side pitch at goals from when mm-hmm. I was, like, 13, 14 years old with yeah. my cousins. And from, literally from then, for a good four, I'd say four years straight, three, four years, I've always just played a difference. So, like, really? no first to ten. Just literally played. So, if you're 4-0 up, you can see the goal. It goes back down to three. We've always played like that. And But then, obviously, when I started playing with you guys, then a group of other lads I play with, they play the same as you guys. So, like, first one to ten. And, obviously, if you want to switch a player, switch a player. If not, carry on playing if it's a good game. To be honest with you, I think... I wouldn't say I dislike any form. I enjoy it. Like, first, when I started with you guys, and it was first to ten... I was thinking, like, as soon as I get myself warmed up and into the game, it finishes. But in a way, it keeps it more competitive as well. And I think that's what's made me adjust when playing, uh, obviously, first one to ten. But to be fair, I haven't really got a problem playing any format. I prefer both. No, that's really good as well. You just want can, to I, can, I, can I just interject in there? My favourite game this year was on the other format where you play differences. We were, I think it would be where... I think we were eight or nine no down and somehow we came back and literally like I would say about two, three minutes before the lights went off, we, we scored a goal and oh my days, the feeling, it was a next level feeling. Literally, I felt like crying because yeah, no, I, think, I think we played over three hours, literally no exaggeration, played three hours nonstop, no resting. But I mean, you can walk about and try and catch your breath and stuff like that, but no resting. It was that was the best game of the year. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. but but no, you can't that when, when you're playing like to ten as well, I think the only probably disadvantage is like, for example, if someone's got the pitch booked after you, you're in an intense yeah. game. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Let's just even say like it's nine nine and it's next yeah. goal wins. Someone walks on the pitch, the game's done. There's no winner to it. Yeah. You're grafted for the past yeah, half yeah. now. Forty minutes to have a long. <laughs> obviously, the the other benefit obviously to playing different is regardless of whenever somebody walks on, that's the score. Game's done. Obviously, there's pros and cons, but for me, I, I don't really mind either. If I was to walk on a pitch and someone said it's first one to ten, I'd play. Someone, someone said different, so I'd play. I'd, with me, I just want to play. Well, no, but if, if I said to you, you've got to, you got to only pick one. You can only pick one. Which one? Are you I'd pick probably one? say different. The reason being is because yeah. I probably played it for longer. Yeah, I've played it for longer and I'm more used to it. But like I said, I still like I wouldn't like say no to any format. If I'm honest. Mm. Did you have a question? Sorry, I... No, I was just saying, you. obviously, you just want to play football, don't you, Rahil? More than no, format it is. Yeah, it's because in episode one, I compared it to, like, playing a test match of cricket, just, like, holding on to that lead and not really yeah. letting it go. But again, Rahil, you're into cricket as well, but would you agree or disagree, or are you just happy just playing the game? No, I probably agree with you there. It, mm. it, I think it does get a bit slower. Like, you have, you have that time to take a bit, of a bit of a breather when you're playing, like, different and you're not playing uh, first one to ten. You do get that time in the game where you think, you know what, if they've obviously got clocks there at Power League or whatever, we can look at the time, you know, you know what, you can ease, ease it up a bit for about 10 minutes, keep the ball. But with first one to 10, because it's so intense on both teams, no one's really giving each other the chance to have time on the ball. Like we all play, we know as soon as we've got the ball, you've got someone coming towards you. You've got to get, you've got to get, get rid of that ball in a way. got to do what's best for the team, really, which is understandable. No, 100%, 100%. And again, just alluding back to the first lockdown that we had. Again, this will probably be the last question on lockdowns. But how did you feel going from playing from like 13, 14 years old straight all the way until where you're at now to just not playing from March till, let's say, no, September be honest, time? It was, it was very hard. Obviously, Arif will know as well because he plays on the Sunday, Sunday game with us as well. Um, with me, obviously, for me, it, it is about playing football. It's not just about that. It's about obviously going to see your mates as well. Like I played with my cousins as well, going to see them, catching up with them, having a bit of a laugh and a joke as well. But then obviously you play your game. But for me, obviously, playing all them years like that, three, sometimes even four times a week, and obviously, as you know, some days playing twice a day. 
and going from all that and then to just completely stop playing football, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit crazy, man. And it, it, it like like we said before, with all of us, it does get to your head because obviously, you know, football's a thing that takes you away, regardless of what problem you've got going on or what's going on in your personal life or outside. You know, once you're on that pitch, everything goes away for just for that hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. You legit forget about everything. Whatever was bothering you outside of the pitch, honestly, you know, through my rough, you know, mental periods, there's, know, only, one, there's only one thing that can bother you on that pitch, and that's how you're performing. Definitely <laughs> nothing else. I agree with that. <laughs> Raheel screwed at you from behind, man, and not passing or you be done, man. Sitter. You enjoy playing, but you got to play to win. You're going to enjoy it even Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's something I learned very quickly when I joined Friday Night Football. The fact that even though on some games, in my first early games, I wasn't having the best of times, but you'd always still appreciate the work I was doing, Raheel. You'd always be like, oh, well done. You got, you're nah, solid. 100%. You got stuck in. And when you give little compliments like that to people who are just starting out, it makes them want to come back again. It wants someone want to try harder and it wants them to... You want to learn more about your own game, basically. No, 100%, 100%. And you react the in the right see, way. Yeah. The way I see, obviously, I want to win. The way I look at it is all the players in my team, If as long as they want to win. Okay, I know. As I was saying, obviously, as long as everyone in my team has got the mentality they want to win, everyone's going to make mistakes. I'll be honest, I make mistakes. A lot of people on the pitch probably look at me and think, this guy's always shouting and he's always making noise on the pitch, having a go at everyone. But he's gone up front just now and he's missed a shot to get the winner of the game. But I, I, I never say to someone, why have you made a mistake? But if I know just giving someone a piece of advice or telling them what they can do different or move, change a position, and I know that can put us in a winning position and also make them look like a better player on the pitch and perform better, it makes sense for everybody. Like I said, in the end, it all comes down to as long as you want to win that game, you'll do anything. And it's about just... vision. It's about vision as well. Um, obviously, if, if, if you, the, obviously people, some people don't like, you know, when they get shouted at, but... They should take it as a blessing, really, because... Uh, For me, those people day. should stay at home, in my opinion. That's you. You shower everyone out. We're, we're, we're no, no, all thinking of you. No, no, but, you know, <laughs> but, the, but, the thing, but the thing is, you know, you know if you don't... If for me, personally, you know what? And some people will disagree with me. If you don't like getting shouted at, you should just stay at home. No, nah, for sure. I'll be honest with you. You're all saying I'm a good leader, this and that. But you know, this guy, Arif, he's the worst person to, to lead in your team. So he's the <laughs> e- you know, when you're on the opposite team, he's the easiest person to get in his head and stop him from playing good. You know what? There's been there's there's been there's been a lot of games he, like he that. I feel, I, I feel like, but I feel like you know I am getting better uh, in terms of that. And I think playing again, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep gassing Sundays up. I think Sundays is helping me with that as well. It's, it's just the fact that you've got leaders and then you've got people who just want to be bosses on the on their own team and saying I'm the best player. I'm this. I'm that. Yeah, and 100. percent No, but got, I'd rather go through a game. Let's just say get two penalties, miss them both. But as long as my team wins. I couldn't care less if I ever scored or not. That's exactly it. No, we know some people are. We know some people are a bit different. Some people <laughs> we won't name no names. Not mentioning no names, but yeah, I think we all know who. Look, I do. I do whatever's required, man. I do whatever. If he'd rather score a hat trick and his team lose. <laughs> you know. You know that's not true. That's definitely. Can I just say? Can I just say that's true? Hey, you know what? You know what? It depends. You know what? I'm going to be 100% honest. And I'm not, I'm not chatting crap. It depends what's at stake. If something, you know, if I feel like, you know, there's a lot at stake in this but game. What do you mean a lot I, at stake? We don't play in the Champions League final. No, I know. I know. <laughs> you know what? You're 100%, you're 100% right. But when I say it's at stake, I don't know. Maybe there's been a lot of trash talk before the game. For me, when, when, someone, when someone does that, like to me, it is like no, Champions League final. That's, that's, where you have to, that's where you have to get into your head mm. that... Like, for example, if I've played and if, before we've played, if nobody said nothing to me and it's a calm game, but it gets intense on the pitch, I'm thinking in my head that the guy on the opposite team thinks I'm shit. Yeah. He thinks my team is shit. He thinks we're not going to win and he's been slating us before the game. You've got to get that in your head for you to just graft on the pitch and work hard. You don't just yeah. think, oh, if the person said something, I'm going to work extra hard. You don't think like that? Yeah, for me, you know, it, on, especially on like FNF, it, to me, it's different. Like for me, someone else needs to say something in order for me to be like, okay, then let's 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 go. You know, if you're gonna say, if 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 not, if it's all calm, like it just it's more of a like yeah, it's different. It's different for me. Yeah, I get what you mean. It does spare you on a bit more, but mm-hmm. regardless, like I said before, it's just winning's winning. You can't I'm be that. That for all of us on the on here. 
for me, I don't think you've ever seen me wound up before the game or come in after the game. It's just no, not really done on the pitch. But out of everyone here, who would, who would else who else would say they get wound up before the game thing or like mind games and trash talk? And stuff I don't, like that? I don't. I, you know, what, honestly, I don't think I get wound up. I, I mean, I'm not. Nah, 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 nah. wound up, wound, wound up. Okay, okay when, Hanzo, when you say wound up, what do you mean by wound up? As in getting emotional? No, no. When have like, you ever. Just like you're, you're there and you're just like, oh, I've yeah. got to prove a point. People have been chatting. Yeah, I think what Hamza means is like you get wound up in terms of it frustrates you when you're playing. Like you, you think extra hard. Yeah, you're trying you're, to do more than okay, you're like an angry side. That, that, you know, that, you know, I don't. I don't I mean if you you like can answer that for me. I mean, I, it, for me, me answering would be biased. So, and again, speaking of leaders, we've got Rahil on today, who I hope will be a new permanent fixture on Friday night. Counter attack. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're going to be doing our five aside theme of the week, team of the week, or leaders. So go on, Saf. I'll let you go first this week. Who would be in your five I'll, aside? Pass the bat to someone else, please. I started let, last let, week, so I'll let you know what? I go first. I go first. I go no, first. No, because Rahil's new. Because Rahil's new here. Yeah, we want to give him a warm welcome. Let Rahil go first. Yeah, no, I'll go first. So obviously, five aside leaders. Yeah, we're talking about so five aside team full of leaders. In goals, I'm going to go with Oliver Kahn. Massive presence. Massive presence. Watching him play for Germany, Bayern Munich as well. Massive presence in the game. Always shouting at his defenders. Even if they've done something right or they've made something good, he would shout at them in an aggressive way to keep them on their game. So for me, Oliver Kahn's definitely got to be the keeper. My um, defender, I'm going to go with Sergio Ramos. The reason why I'm going to say that is obviously captain of Madrid. And you look at what they did for four or five years. It was crazy. You've got to think, this is the guy that has uh, literally lived with Messi his whole career at Barcelona. When Messi came up, that's when Sergio Ramos was coming up at Madrid. And he's lived with him his whole career. And in that space of time, he's managed to put in 10 out of 10 performances against Barcelona, but also win games, go on and win the big trophies, win the leagues. For you to win a league against a Barcelona team with Messi in there, it isn't a joke. You've, you've got to be on the ball every game. And especially in El Clasicos, that's when leaders come out. So for me, I've got to put Sergio Ramos in there. Um, my two in the middle, for me, growing up, watching the Premier League, it has to be Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane. Seeing them two together, what they've done for their teams and how they led. And how, for me, see, for me, it's not just about leading. For me, I've got to look at being aggressive. These players were aggressive in order to bring the best out of their other players. Like me growing up, I used to watch games, seeing Rooney, Ronaldo on the pitch as kids but you had Roy Keane at them. Even though they're 17, 18 years old, they're missing a shot. You got Roy Keane behind you going on a mad one. I tell you straight, if I had Roy Keane going on a mad one behind me, I'm shaking my pants. Because I think Roy Keane is mad. But yeah, I love them too. And also, like I said, Vieira with the Invincibles at Arsenal. To be a captain in that kind of a season, to win all that, and even in the Premier League, to see how he just transformed as a player, um, it's got to be them too. And my striker is going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. It just has to be. Um, obviously, he's, he's, he was never the Real Madrid captain or the Manchester United captain. But the way I look at it is this is a guy who's, wherever he's gone, he's won. He's become, he stepped up. And a leader isn't just someone who shouts on the pitch and gets aggressive. A leader is someone who literally leads by example. And if there's someone who's going to lead by example at all the clubs he's been to is Cristiano Ronaldo. You look at the position Real Madrid are in now. They thought Eden Hazard was going there to fill his boots. Eden Hazard had no chance. That guy had too much of an influence on that club. And one thing that really frustrates me is how the fans never appreciated him. Don't get me wrong, they did when he was scoring the goals. But if he put in one stinker, they, they didn't like Ronaldo. They were booing him. And I could never get it into my head why these guys are booing Ronaldo. Whilst Ronaldo was winning the Champions League there, or probably having the off game here and there, me sporting Manchester United, we had Danny Welbeck up front, who was missing, who was missing important chances. And I'm thinking these guys are booing Ronaldo. But I'm still giving Welbeck a chance saying, no, he'll come better the next match. But yeah, he's, back to the leadership team. He's, he's led by example, obviously, Portugal as well. He's won the Euros as captain. He played a massive part in that tournament. So yeah, that's the five for me. So Oliver Kahn, Sergio Ramos, um, Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane, and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I hate that. I hate that you've literally just read my mind. Like three of the five were in my team as well. But Who you can't that? argue. You, uh, Oliver Kahn was in mine. Yeah. Then I was going to go for Fabio Cannavaro because mm. World Cup nah, leader. Cannavaro's quality. is someone that gets brushed under quite a lot because there's so 100%. many classic 
defender leaders like John Terry, Vidic, company. But I think what the thing about Cannavaro that makes him so brilliant and so good to watch is looking at his size. You look at him and you never think this guy's a centre-back. But for him to be of that size and how he performed, obviously, for Italy, especially in that World Cup, was crazy, mm. man. So, yeah, that's a good choice, Cannavaro. For me, it's just the fact that he was ahead of his time because everyone's now playing out from the back. They're playing the Italian yeah. way, defending and... You see how... Like, I wanted to put Maldini in as well, but you can't have two defenders like that. Yeah, no, I was thinking Maldini earlier. I was, yeah. I'll go for Cannavaro because he's just an elegant player that we saw. And then the other two, I had Roy Keane and Vieira because no one's getting past them. And yeah, them two in the middle. You, if, you, if us five are facing Roy Keane and Vieira midfield, we're just walking off that pitch with bruises everywhere. I use this every <laughs> week. Bruises are broken, off by the paramedics, we are. Stretching coming out. <laughs> we're just done days, after that. Man. Those are crazy nice. days. And then up front, again, like you said, Rahil, not, not always a captain, but a leader without the armband is... So, well, he had the armband, to be fair, but for me, it's Thierry Henry. You can't look... Yeah. For me, I can't look past Thierry Henry, and I want to go for more modern players, but it's just you look at the old school of when we grew up and we saw captains left, right, and centre who weren't wearing the armband. It was amazing how Thierry Henry led from the front, led by example. He was... He was fans' role models who didn't even for Arsenal. You would look at him and be like, he's the best player in the Premier League. He's done so much for Arsenal. He was, and in my opinion, he probably is the best player to ever play in the Premier League. Obviously, I'd be going wrong. I think Ronaldo's the D grade player to do it, but I think Thierry Henry, because he'd done it over a long period of time and what he won in the match, he was like scoring 30, 30 goals for like four or five seasons in a row. I think Thierry Henry probably is the best to do it in the Premier League over a long period of time. Obviously, Ronaldo, he was there, but he only really did good because he was still upcoming and didn't reach his peak. He only really smashed it for like two, three seasons before he left. But yeah, now Thierry Henry is a good choice. Obviously, me being a United fan growing up, it used to be about Arsenal versus Man United. And he's the guy I used to hate, but kind of appreciate at the same time because the stuff he used to do, was, you, you had no choice but to appreciate it. Definitely. And it's just one of those things that you want to appreciate when you're there, but you can't because you're a Man United fan and it's ruining you every other season. Yeah, 100%. I'll go next. So, Saf, you may not like this, but this is my team. And I'll start from the top because I know you don't like this player. And Raheel mentioned him. It's Cristiano Ronaldo at the top of the Warm. pitch. Why am I not surprised? The goat. Yeah? yeah Saf, can I just say that again? Cristiano Ronaldo. Did you get that? Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. <laughs> then I've got it's pretty similar to Euro Hill. I've got um, Vieira and Keane in midfield. They're just like when we were kids, you know. You look, you looked at the Premier League, and these two leaders—they um, were just fantastic. And everyone knows that, you know, that small clip um, where they, you know, just shouting at each other, and that's literally the Premier League right there um, in that era. Um, then I've got Sergio Ramos. Um, again, you know, in big games, big moments, if you speak to people that don't know football, um, but they know there's a football match on between Real Madrid and any club, they know Sergio Ramos will be, you know, delivering that game. So I've gone with him as a defender. Then I've gone with my goalkeeper. Um, Saf might find this uh, very strange as well, because in previous weeks we've discussed a few different uh, things. Um, I've gone with Manuel Neuer. Um, reason being, because I just think, obviously, the goalkeeping skills are there for everyone to see. But, you know, he's shouting at his defenders and, you know, he, he controls the back. Um, the reason I haven't gone with David De Gea, I just think if there's a small weakness of his, um, it's that he, he's, not, he's not demanding, he's not shouting at his defenders. And, you know, you need, sometimes. I feel like he did once upon a time when he was under Mourinho. He did that a lot, but he lost it yeah, under Solskjaer. It's, 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 just, it's just died down. And, you know, it definitely died down. I can see that. Um, it, it looks like he's not there um, when, as a goalkeeper, you know, you're probably the most important player on the pitch. So that's the reason I've gone with Manuel Neuer and not David Neuer <coughs> this time. So, yes, so my team, again, is Neuer, Ramos, Keane, Vieira and Cristiano Ronaldo. Can I go next? Yep. Go. All right. So... Let, let, can, does someone want to guess what he's going to come up with? Or <laughs> listen, run? Listen, when I'm about to speak, I don't understand why you've always got to interject. 
I'm just let me let me say my tea. Just let me I'm just raising the question like can, we, uh, can you, you can get and put like some sort of can you just, all right can you just can you, I, I don't bet but you know okay let's go all right so I'm going to start with Peter Schmeichel between the sticks the reason why I'm going with Peter Schmeichel uh, see, I don't understand why he's laughing Peter Schmeichel is one of the greatest we've ever seen uh, between the sticks he's been you know he's part of that 99 team him between the sticks with that presence everything he's done he's pretty much done everything he's won everything um so him between the sticks, I would have massive confidence the way he would command himself right at the back. In defence, I'm going Nemanja Vidic. The reason I'm going with Vidic, again, one of the greatest to ever play in that position. Again, I'm, I'm saying this again, just like Peter Schmeichel, him at the back, that strength, his mentality, you know, his leadership. You saw every, all of you saw it. All of you watching him play for Man United. That leadership at the back, he'll be excellent. And then I've got Roy Keane. Again, for me, in my opinion, he was the greatest leader ever to grace the Premier League. Even when you hear, hear him speak now, when he talks about... Uh, one, one thing that comes to mind straight away when um, there was an interviewer that was talking to him about an interview he did with Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson said that, you know, Roy Keane was a guy that covered every single blade of grass. You know what Roy Keane said? Roy Keane said... That's an insult. Why? Sh why shouldn't I cover every blade of grass? That to me, it's like that. Just, just shows what kind of person he is. Then, then I've got Eric Cantona. I mean, I'm sure you can see the theme that I'm going for right now. It's then the same theme as every week. Same theme as every week. Wouldn't expect <laughs> any less. You know what? You know what? We've we've been blessed with the greatest. So you know, it is what it is. Eric Cantona, again, you could probably put the whole universe on this guy's shoulders and he'd, he'd be all right and he'd still, he'd still boss it. And that I don't need to say anything more about Eric Cantona. And finally, I, I, I'm just going to sit on this for just, just a little bit, if, if you guys don't mind, right? Oh, I do, Only, I do. No, well, you know, let, let, me just, let me just sit on this for just a little bit. When you think of the greatest players of all time, right? Let's look, just quickly look across the sport. So when you look at basketball, you know the biggest moment, you know, if you've got, if you've got the, fi the final seconds of a game and you look towards a player and you want to give them the ball, basketball had Michael Jordan, American football had Tom Brady. The only player, you, that, the first person that will come to your mind when you think of giving that player final seconds of a game would be Cristiano Ronaldo. And that is, that is the, for me, there's more singular fact, the fact of talking or presenting someone with GOAT status. And for me, someone who only truly understands what greatness is, only truly understands, and, and I, if I cause any offence to Danny, who was on the podcast last week, he's going to be watching this, and any other Messi fan, right, who would choose Messi over Cristiano Ronaldo, only if you understand true greatness, you will say Cristiano Ronaldo. If you don't, you'll go against it. So my team, just to finalise that, my team, Peter Schmeichel in goal. you got Rio Ferdinand, Roy Keane. You said Vidic. Oh, you sorry, said Vidic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know what? I had, I, had, I, had two, I had two people. I had two people. It was out of Vidic and Rio Ferdinand. It was out of Vidic and Rio Ferdinand, but I went uh, uh, to Vidic. Roy Keane, Eric Cantona, and the GOAT, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's my team. Brilliant. This is a very emotional picture from certain man over there. But, you know, we'll let that slide. We'll let that slide. Um, but one thing I just want to clear up here, yeah, that you, there's a big misconception here. I've never, ever, ever hated Cristiano Ronaldo. So please do not say... No one said you have. <laughs> You just don't understand what true greatness is. That, no, no I, don't, I don't think I don't think anybody really does. If you hate Cristiano Ronaldo or Leo Messi, you there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I'm a massive Ronaldo no. fan. I can't hate Messi because they're both quality. But yeah, carry on, sir. This, this is the thing, isn't it? This is the thing. So like, so, then there were certain people that said I hate Ronaldo, but I don't hate Ronaldo. I think he's an absolute phenomenon. You get me? Not the Brazilian one, but the Portuguese one. But um, Brazilian Ronaldo was excellent, as so. well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He was like his own phenomena, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but there's, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect any player because obviously there's, there's, there's been great, great goalkeepers that you know I personally very much liked. So you know there was like Van der Sar, Petr Cech, Oliver Kahn, as we mentioned. You know, great, great keepers. But 
I, I will go with Oliver Kahn uh, for the same reason what you know quite a, quite a couple of us mentioned that because his presence in goal between the sticks, um, you know, controlling it from the back, making making the defenders aware that there's some there's a there's an actual presence in the goal, you know, for that reason that his leader leadership from the back, you know, is is flawless. You couldn't you couldn't touch him. Um, then you move into defence. Now, once again, like I feel like I'm doing injustice on any defender that you know. You got Sergio Ramos. You got Puyol. You got um, you know Rio oh. Ferdinand, which I like. Vidic, I like John Terry. You know. Then you got um, Fabio Cannavaro, Maldini. Then you got the Brazilian Lucio. There's too many. There's too many. But then you know, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with the. Uh, um, it was a tight one between Sergio Ramos and Puyol, so I just went with Puyol, um, you know, switch it up a bit. Um, That's fair. We all didn't mention and, him um, as well, so good shot. And good, good and name drops as well. Um, good one. Then, then there's, there's, once again, in midfield, I'm not going to change the, the midfield because uh, Keane and uh, um, uh, Patrick Vieira were two monsters in the field, like literally two monsters. You're not getting past them, whatever happens. As leaders, they won't. They, I don't. I don't see that no more. As leaders, you don't see that no more. So for that reason, I, I would stick them in there. But at the same so time, Bruno you know, Fernandez. And at nah, the same you can't time, Roy Keane, um, man. don't be. Silly. No, I'm, not, I'm not comparing them. I'm just <laughs> saying. We're talking about leaders. Of... No, we're talking about leaders, and you can't talk about Bruno Fernandez. For me, for me, he's still a great leader on the pitch. No, but I'm his biggest fan. Don't get me wrong; he's changing his whole far United, but. The the thing is the thing is yeah um, I don't want to say too much here but there's there's a bit of a contradictory statement there because you know you talk about leadership and all this but then you when when I mention you know uh, Roy Keane and Patrick uh, Vieira and then you mention uh, Fernandez come on I thought we got stuck then bro no no I didn't, I didn't get stuck it's just a silence I was just trying to deep it for a second I was just trying to deep it for a second um, but. No disrespect to Fernandez. No disrespect to Fernandez. Um, and then, um, so that's my that's my midfield. Going up front, once again, I can't. There's, you know, it's not fair. Brazilian Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, Thierry Henry. You know, there's, there's, there's I would even put, you know, I'd send Zidane up there. You get me? It doesn't matter. But. At the same time, I don't want to disrespect any player, any great that you know played in the in them kind of eras. So I'll just I'll just go with the Lionel Messi. Um, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that was my team. What your team was that? Oh my God. <laughs> more than your team, bro. Uh, I just woke up because it, we clearly three <laughs> four episodes for Messi Ronaldo. We're gonna get sorted in like one or two, I imagine. I'm gonna go crazy. My neighbors are gonna start complaining. This guy's going on a mad one. We need to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a, you know what? That was a great, that was a good debate. That was a good yeah. preview. Again, we'll make great it content. We'll make it free yeah. on free, free Messi, free Ronaldo. So if you're interested in being in Friday night's counter attack team, Messi, do let us know. Give us a message on. Let, let, like, let us know, but make sure you're ready for the smoke. Yeah, we've got this. <laughs> we've got Aaron. Come here with three facts. I think it should be four and four, man. Stallion can be team Ronaldo, I guess, and then we'll get. Yeah, he's team Ronaldo. We'll see if Danny and Danny will come back, and we'll see if two other people want to yeah. team Ronaldo. Philip Lam, Philip Lam is someone um, I got from the whole Fiverr side because oh, he was an amazing quality. leader. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's quite, I, I was literally thinking whilst you're having one of the, the best fullbacks ever. What a man! What an amazing. I mean, he he, oh, yeah. he done, he done it all, didn't he? He's literally off. done everything. He's never ever been sent off. Just imagine, never ever been sent off. As a fullback as well. Uh, so yeah. Before we go to our, our next topic, I just wanted to do my little one, two minute scouting report of a player who I should have done last week, but Danny was such an amazing guest, so we'll just carry on. Uh, my scouting report is for a youngster from Estonia who plays for Inter Milan called Oliver Jurgens, who's someone that was told to me about on, a, on my PFSA scouting course, again, another plug for PFSA, where he scored around 50 goals in the under 17 Estonian league and he scored in the second division of Estonia, 35 goals in 25 appearances, which got him the sign in that Inter Milan. So for the average age of 22, 23 in the Estonian B-League to go from that to Inter Milan was insane. 
and hopefully there'll be someone that we'll be seeing in the near future coming forward with Lukaku and Martinez in front of him. Yeah, yeah, Inter Milan now. Is that Inter Milan's academy? How old is he? Yeah, like twenty. Born in no, like eighteen, I think. Born in two thousand three, so it's still young. But the fact that someone from Australia, if I remember, on my scouting course, found out about this guy because he scored already nearly a hundred goals before the age of nineteen is insane. And again, this is something that leads to our next topic, where again we're all ethnic minorities in this country. We're all Asian men. Uh, from different parts of the country as well. And we learned today about Jan, well, this week about Jan Danda, about how he wanted to make sure he's not a stereotype and is not an Asian player who's just brushed aside because of his ethnicity and is making his way to the top in the best way. And the five of us all play football. And again, it leads on from what Danny was saying last week. Again, I can't get Danny out of my mind. He's such an amazing guest. But the fact that he was saying he's not going to look at no stones unturned for ethnic players or different background players and this brought up a conversation with Arif and Vish and Salim. Saf, Saf was probably there a while or so. But it's just the fact of how, if we were given that right push as youngsters going forward, how could we have developed? So if we were to say, if we were growing up in this generation now compared to our last generation, imagine how we could be growing up as a professional footballer or going into academies or learning football in a different way. So I'd just like to hear everyone's first uh, first impressions, really, of what we just discussed. Fish, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, it's very hard for people like us to, you know, get far in a game like football. You just have to look at the Premier League, even at any league, um, how many Asian players there actually are. Um, and, you know... I just feel that it's so, so hard for our type of people to get far in football and we could have the same skill level as a different person, but for some reason, we've got to work 10 times harder to get where a footballer would get. Um, and it's a really, you know, it's, it's really hard um, and just, just hope, you know, going forward, these things change because, you know, there's a, there's a good amount of young Asian footballers out there that can make it far and, uh, you know, be the top footballers. Um, with me, I mean, what my opinion is, I mean, I can't, I can't talk about it from, from uh, you know, because I've never even gotten close to the professional level, right? But I can talk about it from growing up, playing football. Is literally, that's all I love doing. I mean, I think the biggest factor, I feel in my, this is my opinion, is I think it's the parents. Like, growing up for me, I feel like a lot of Asian parents, let's say, would be like, why, why you, I mean, football's not going to do anything for you. It doesn't matter that you love and love breathe playing it every day. It's, it's not going to do anything. You focus on your education. That's the most important thing. Oh, dad, mom, can I play football after school? No, you can't play football after school. Focus on your studying. Um, if, you look at, if you look at all the professional athletes at the top, like the best of the best, you know, when they're collecting their award, one thing they always speak about is their parents, whether it's just their mum or both or their dad. You know, I thank my mum for pushing me towards this. I thank my dad for pushing me before this. My mum worked two jobs, but she still took me to fo- football training or basketball training. I feel like that's probably, f- for me anyway, and I do see it in terms of mates who are good at football, never made it professional. It's It's... It starts from the parents that they didn't they didn't get that push from their parents because it's not really their fault because they probably just see you know education as the only way to actually make something um, of yourself. Um, no, so yeah, I think that's probably the main sorry, factor. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll be honest from from my point of view, I don't think obviously people use the parents' excuse, but let's be honest, there's a lot of footballers out there who have had an education or have gone through the stages to have an education. Let's say so. They've yeah. obviously gone to school. They've gone to college. There's also authorities and obviously place, places in place where these people can go to colleges and that are made for sports. And obviously, they can spend a lot of time playing their sports in their clubs. Obviously, they go over there, they stay, stuff like that, and they get an education at the same time, just in case. Obviously, as a backup, no fo- every football player knows that an injury obviously could end your full career. You need something to fall back on. But in terms of the parents thing, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't really see that as, I don't see how someone can use that as an excuse. I think if you want to be a footballer, you just go out and do it. 
And don't get me wrong, I think, I think, I think probably 10, 15 years ago, I could see where you're coming from. It's a bit more of a challenge. But I think now in this day and age, I think you, there are more opportunities. I'm not saying more opportunities for obviously the Asian minority, but there still are opportunities out there. But I, I don't think it's more to do with their parents thing. I think there's probably other factors in there that probably are affecting and having an impact on it compared to that. But that's my opinion anyways. So I agree with that. I still think it's one of the big biggest factors. I still, in my opinion, I still think mm. it's one of the big factors. Like, you need your parent. You, you need your parents to push you. Like, you can't, like, it's well and good playing. But, you know, if, if, if you see that your parents don't even want to take no notice of you playing, that, you, you, you got you to say that has a factor in whether you're going to be decent or not. I think, it all, I think it all comes down to how it is at the end. For example, like, the reason why probably parents do say it is because Think about it. My dad watches football, cricket. Well, not probably cricket because there's a lot of Asian players in it. But for me, let's say football. He'd probably look. If I said to my dad, I want to become a footballer, he'll look at. Obviously, watch his games. He'll say to me, "How many Asians do you see? You're going to devote your whole life to it for someone, even if you're good enough for someone. I'm not bothered. I'm not saying I'm good enough to become a footballer. I'm nowhere near it. But I'm just giving you an example. If someone was to do that, their dad could turn around and say to them, "Why would you even do it? Because of the which which Asian footballers do you see on TV?" So in that way, I see where they're kind of coming from. But the one you have to come down to in the end is why are there not enough Asian footballers in there is because they're not being taken on, whether they're good enough or they're not good enough. It's not a reason. It's not down to their footballing reason. That's why parents feed that back to their kids is that you're not going to get picked, forget it. Which, don't get me wrong, I, th- I think is a bad mentality to have. You should still push your kid. If he wants to go be a footballer, you'll do all you can as a parent to get him. Don't get me wrong, you'll still not let him forget about his education. But I, for me, certainly, if I had a son, I'd still push him to go do it. And then this is when I just wanted to bring in Saf, because Saf, uh, being cricket fans, you and I and Vish and Raheel as well, we've seen like, the likes of Adil Rashid and Moeen Ali grow up and become World Cup winners for England. And they've done it on the biggest stage for uh, England. And Monty Panasar previous in, the, in the previous generation and Nasser Hussain. So we've seen that. And I think it links with what Raheel was just saying in terms of it's what the parents can see with their own eyes. They can see Asian people going up and playing and representing their new native country. But what would you say if, let's say, for example, Jan Danda was to make it for his home nation? I'm not sure if he's playing for Wales or England. So that's just a bad on my part because he plays for Swansea at the moment. But how would you see if growing up now, would you, would you see it going any better? Because again, the cricket side is fantastic. It could happen in rugby or tennis, but we don't know. But with the football I, side, I, how would you say? I think as, as much as what has been said between us, um, I, I agree with certain, certain parts everywhere. Now, Rahil said we can't, we can't um, you know, use the um, excuse of our parents. I 100% agree with that. We can't use that excuse. Reason being is I believe that there's a certain age where you come to your senses where you think, you know what? I have a hunger or a drive to be something. Now, we're all watching football. We're all watching some sport. So we're seeing all these great players do things and you're like, oh, I want to do that. But if you're waiting for, say, your, your, someone older or your parent or someone, I don't know, your mate or something to say to you, ah, oh, yo, do it. You shouldn't wait for that. You should yeah. take that moment straight away. And I think, I think, I think it's a personal drive issue which then causes it. But then at the same time, as Rahil said, there's, there's, there, why is it that there's not um, a chance given to Asian, Asian uh, sportsmen, um, especially in football? Um, and that, I think, it comes down to the same, same issue, the, the, the root cause where, let's put it straight, there, there's, we've all come across great, great Asian players like top, top class talent players, Asian players, but they don't get picked. Why? Because, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a different topic which I don't want to go into just yet. But I think, I think it, it, you can't say it's uh, um, a support from the parents which you didn't receive. Fair enough, you can say that. Then there's, um, you can't say that there's um, issues, personal issues, which, you know, you're, you're waiting for this uh you know, somebody to give you that push where if you had that hunger and drive, you would just do it straight away yourself. You wouldn't wait for it. Um, and then, um, yeah, players, players of uh, like ethnic minorities like, you know, us, 
Asians. If we were to try and you know do it now, um, say if I was uh, you know still uh, if I if I was like thirteen fourteen again, um, which I won't ever be. But you know if I was thirteen fourteen again, um, looking at looking at the way things are planned out now, the resources we have, the the levels of play, the academies, things like that, it, it has become a bit easier. But then it comes down to the picking of the players, and then you know uh, maybe 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 like you know um, you know skin tone. And um, you mentioned the the young player that's coming up, up and coming. Uh, man, correct me if I'm wrong. Mandanda. How do you say his name? Yandanda. Yandanda. Yeah. I I just hope and pray he does actually make it. So you know the, you know people can see that you know there's there's actually there's actually talented people out there and I don't see why they shouldn't why they shouldn't be given a chance because like I said we've all come across you know top top players top Asian players um, um, you know whether it's Pakistani Indian whatever um, you know uh, they, there's a lot of talented players out there just to, to just don't get um, you know uh, put through but the other thing I wanted to mention about the parent thing is now if you if you look if you look carefully if you look carefully um so one thing we have to pick out is obviously um uh, arif mentioned that it's it's the parents but don't forget that a lot of these top top talented players who are playing professional now they have actually come from broken homes yep and that's not very supportive parents no, no. What they're I mean, very parents. They've not, they've not had their parents. Uh, well, sorry, they've not had one or either parent there to support yeah, but them. They had a parent to help them, though. That's the one I'm trying yeah, to but, say. Yeah, That's all but, you need. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. When you've got, when you, got when you, when you've got, you've got two parents who don't want to know, and then you've got one parent literally dragging you out of school to not play football because you want to stay after school. How are you supposed? How are you supposed to do something in the game? Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, that's right. But what I'm saying is that there's more chance of you going the other way than the professional football way. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to get across. But um, yeah, so you know, there's examples. Uh, there's loads of examples out there where you know the players have not had one of the one of their parents there, um, whether it's the father or the mother, um, and you know they've been raised by their grandparents. Now, how many grandparents are there are there that are going to support you like that as well? Just think about it, innit? Um, but, straws, man, honestly. but oh, no, it's, it's got a point but again it's not just nah, the yeah. one reason it's going to be a culmination of all the reasons like if i if That's, i can yeah. just say if i can just say like my example after saf's finish I'll, I'll explain it to you in, in my way and we've all got different stories about but sorry saf carry on no it's fine um i don't know why you keep saying clutching at straws i'm not having a debate or argument with anyone i'm just saying that it, the way it looks like that's that's what it is, isn't it? It's like if you if you personally have that hunger and drive, you can achieve anything. Uh, once you're in your senses, 13, 14, you like, you know, you make a decision. Oh, this is what I want to be. Some people say, you know what, we want to be highly educated. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a you know whatever astronaut, whatever. Yeah. So they they focus on that that aspect of their life. But then if there's certain people that you know they say, you know, I want to be a footballer. If they really Arif, want it, Arif, they will be, I, think, be it. I think the main debate is like we're not debating obviously why kids are not going into it from the start. We're debating like when, let's say, for example, a player's been scattered to like a local club, he's gone through, it's basically from him going to like a semi pro team or like a okay, then that's that's different, yeah, yeah, and then going to I think that's what probably the main like yeah. point is. I think that's what looking at the elite level about, basically today, yeah, was basically making yeah, okay. it through that next stage in that debate, yeah, the, okay, yeah. Hundred percent. Because again, at that point you would have had you would have had a good support system around you. At that point is probably the authorities that are probably stopping you there. Because I can give my example as well. Like my mum and dad probably won't listen to this podcast ever, but the fact that my mum and dad, when we grew up, and again we didn't have we weren't the most blessed family in the area, but they still paid for me to go to football to join a football club, Winchmore Hill. I forgot the name of it, but it's one of blessed, those. Bro. It was just the fact that every half term, every summer holidays, I'd be busy just be playing football and making new friends and being social. And I loved it. But again, I never had that drive of um, wanting to be a footballer. I was just like, oh, yeah, David Beckham is one of my favorite players. Ruud van Nistelrooy is one of my favorite players. Let me try and play like them. And then same with cricket. Vish will know and Saf will know and Rahil will know. 
when I watched the Ashes 2005, I could see how terrifying Shane Warne was as a leg spin bowler. And ever since then, all I wanted to do is bowl as a leg spinner. But you go to a cricket club, you enjoy it. But it's like Saf says, for the opposite of me, I never had that drive to go to a next step after a club or to push myself further. I was just there having a good time with my mates, enjoying it. And I can still say some of, some of those times were still memorable to this day. But I can also tell you a fact that when I was in college, one of my uh, college friends had a cousin called Adil Nabi. He used to play for West Brom. So he was from a West Midlands uh, Pakistani background as well. So he was a striker and he was on like FIFA 12 at the time and he was playing in the West Brom Academy. And I was like, this is really cool. This is something new for me as well. But he ended up playing in India and he played in the lower league of, um, of England as well at some other clubs. But he had no disrespect to his career. But the fact that he was so close to being like a first team starter for West Brom who were in the Premier League at the time. I found that fascinating. I was like, it's literally that one more step or one more injury from starting for them. And that would have been something fantastic at even 17, 18 years old, looking at that saying, wow, there's a, an Asian, a British Asian footballer who's scoring goals for West Brom left, right, yeah. centre. That would have been fantastic. And you look at how, again, not being disrespectful, but when you've got uh, black players coming through, like Sewell Regis, one of the first ever from like the 1970s and 1980s, they've come so far to... Uh, endorse their own homegrown plays which is fantastic but it's it's a lack of understanding I think as well from not just the parents but from the actual players as well of oh yeah I want to do more I want to push myself more and I was never the best player in any team that I'll ever play in but the fact that some people that I played with were and they were the same skin color as me they could easily have gone lower league league one league two and that's something we'll never know but I hope this new generation will figure it out and we'll get to see a lot more of them in the Premier League coming soon. Agreed. How about we end the show with a nice little topic regarding the Manchester United striker, Mason Greenwood? Who wants to go for this one? Left foot, right foot, doesn't matter what foot. Mason Greenwood. Best, best finisher in the league. And again, it's something yeah, that we, we don't want to see happen to one of our young English players again. It's horrible how he's being vilified and He's made a mistake, but everyone in, on social media is hating on him and the media are writing fictional stories about him. You wish the club would actually come out and defend him in a public manner, but I, I just want to get no, your thoughts on this as well. You know, uh, go on, Saf. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I think, I think it's, a, it's an absolute disgrace. You know, these papers, um, I'm, not, I'm not even a United fan, but what I'm going to say is that any any youngster who they try and you know they try and pull under the rug yeah and vilify like you said you know and try to kill off his career at such a young age you know they try they, uh, it all comes down to like just trying to you know sell their papers really but you know me personally I think I think what what the what the reality is that if you try and control the player from you know like his lifestyle from A to Z is impossible. You can't do that. So if he's gone and done that in his private life, don't bring that don't bring that onto the football pitch because he's doing great things on the football pitch. You can't you can't bring that onto the football pitch and use his personal life issues to try and scrutinize him or, you know, um you know, throw some shade or some negativity at him. And the you know the the way the way these papers are dealing with it is it's disgusting man. It's disgusting. It's vile. No, I've seen an um, article today. I think Marcus Rashford replied to it. It's basically one of the uh, media outlets of the newspapers. They basically, the, the, the head, like, sub-headline was a Manchester United star who campaigned for children um, has now bought £5 million worth of homes or something like that. And well, Rashford five, replied... Five Rashford, obviously, you know, what yeah, you know what they're trying to say is obviously he's got all that money in a way. And obviously, he's spending it on houses. Obviously, they're not trying to say that straight up, but they're beating around the bush, but to say it. And uh, I think he replied to it. He just said, obviously, what I've done, I've not just, he's not done it for himself. Obviously, he needs to protect himself for his future, which is understandable. And his family. Exactly. It's understandable. Obviously, he come from nothing. His mom raised him. He's obviously bought his mom a house. I don't understand why he's such a big issue. Same with Raheem Sterling. When he bought his mom a new house, it was all, it was all in the papers. If the guy bought his mom a house with his own money that he's earned, 
by not doing anything like criminal. His mom's got that right. It's her right. The thing what, is, that's the best thing a kid can do for wrong. their mom. Exactly. Exactly. I don't see why these media, why the media chase these players when they do something like that. That's what really frustrates me. Personally, with Raheem Sterling, he came back. He came back and he performed it on the pitch that season. He won the league for Man City and he, he basically shoved it in the face. And I see Mason Greenwood's got two options here now. Yeah, he either obviously he falls to pieces, which obviously he can't control completely himself. Don't get me wrong. It's, as a kid, obviously it's going to be tough. But see, one thing you got to look at, and I think Fergie was a brilliant manager. Obviously, I know I'm a Man United fan. I keep talking about him, but it's because I've seen it happen. It's a, it's, it's a very good example. He knew when he had a young player on his hands, he knew the best way to deal with it. And I, the only thing that worries me is has Mason Greenwood got that at Manchester United? We said it earlier, they're lacking leaders in that team. Who does Mason Greenwood turn to when he goes into that club? I'm just looking around. I don't think he look at anyone. Basically, only... get himself back on the right path. That's the but... only thing that worries me. But I got a world class manager in Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, guys. Why why can't he look towards him? Nah, come on, Manvish. That's another that's another topic for another day. But <laughs> like I said, I think I, th- I think he is capable of doing amazing things on the pitch. We've all seen it. And it's not just the, the small clubs, he's done it against the big clubs as well. But um yeah, the media treatment is unfair on him, but I think at the end of the day, it is it is hard and it's not fair, but I think um, he's just got to come out, obviously, on the other side in a positive way and obviously just do his talking on the pitch. Obviously, everybody makes mistakes. Obviously, there's obviously a story of what him and Foden did when they were away. But let's be honest, guys, there's not a single person in this world who probably hasn't made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. It's a matter of how you come back out from it. And I just think he is capable of doing it, but it's one of them things. But yeah, obviously, going back to what we said, media is just one of them things that I don't think will ever go away, if I'm honest, because it's just toxic. And I think that's what these football players need to be like. I wouldn't say program, but they need to be like spoken to when they are upcoming and obviously how to deal with it and what things to do and what things to avoid. Yeah, it's one of those things you just want to make sure that doesn't affect them. Because again, through our era growing up, you'd see Beckham being treated badly in the press. You'd see Rooney getting treated badly in the press. You saw Ronaldo getting treated badly in the press. And there's one more other player for Man United who got quite, quite a not abuse, but he was always a tabloid. Ferdinand, that was it. Ferdinand got a lot of tabloid abuse as a mm. Manchester United player as well. But when you see them leave, go to Derby or go to Real Madrid, no one would care. It's just again. I think, well, I think what it was, what it was with Manchester United. I think obviously I'm not just going to say again because I support him and be biased, but we all know Manchester United is the number one seller for these newspapers. If as soon as they, as soon as a Manchester United player is involved in something. It's jackpot for these media outlets and these newspapers. That's it. We're going to sell X more amount of papers tomorrow. It's you. Everybody cares about. Because it's the Man United player. And again, it's but, just yeah. the whole media outlet of, of, of... in the world. That's it. If they lose, they'll just get scrutinised. If they win, they'll have just to, be like... I believe you have to have a very good manager behind you to come out the other way. 100%. Like said, we, named, we named all the Man United players, but did, did, one of, did any of them crumble? And, and fade away no because Fergie knew how to control it they used to uh, you look at their interviews a lot of them used, what, did, what was their perfect line they used to say Ferguson was like a father figure for us because it wasn't just turn up Literally. at the training ground this guy's going to tell us what to do we're going to go on the pitch and he's going to shout us for not playing right he used to tell him what to do in life who to hang around with when not to go out when to go out he controlled everything and I believe in this day and age that's what you need in a manager you need a that's what you need manager. that's what you need in a leader I've seen as one of the podcast highlights, real. That's what you need a leader, someone to take you forward in the best way. Sorry, Sam. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, but as Rahil mentioned, that these these media outlets, they they literally, it's like if if a, if a football player part, uh, farts in public, that's it. The setup for them. That's exactly how it is. Um, the thing is, go, you know, I was just gonna say the thing is, man. The, Media is never ever going to disappear. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. It, it's no, just part and parcel of the game. I think there should be a regulation on there where they 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 should they they shouldn't be allowed to slate these kind of people. Why? Like, so just imagine you yeah, now now Mason Mason Greenwood yeah, he's a, he's a young kid yeah. We don't know what he's what exactly is happening there, but as far as we're aware that you know that he him and Foden done some some stupid things yeah. 
um, in certain people's eyes. Um, but right now, he could be going through a lot of mental strain that will affect or, you know, will affect him going down the line. So we don't know that, but he's seen all these papers, all these news, all these, you know, tabloid, everything outside his house, um, you know, taking pictures of him. Anywhere he goes, whatever he does, now people are like in his face everywhere. This is the kind of things, these are the kind of things that starts, you know, destroying these young young people because, uh, as we mentioned, that they, if they have a proper leader there who can guide them with the proper way, then they'll, then they'll be calm. But, no, definitely. But if, if, if you let them out in the wild, and especially with, you know, what they got at their disposal, there's literally, it's literally like, you know, it's going to, it's going to tarnish them. It's going to tarnish them. And the thing with um, what Rohil mentioned about Rashford, um, you know, they, they, they come back with saying, oh, he was campaigning for um, school meals and then he's bought um, five, two million pound properties. Yeah. But I think that is the that, that's the lowest of the low you can ever get with these papers. That's literally the lowest of the low. Now, why would you scrutinize someone yeah, who's who's you know run such a massive campaign over four hundred million pounds yeah of a campaign yeah, and he, then he's used his own personal money to go and buy property to as as a long term investment. Let's use Robbie Fowler as an example. The guy's got over five hundred properties. No one's heard of that. But what has he done? He's got money coming out of his rear end. What has he done? But no one picks up with that. No one picks up with that, do they? Yeah, this is yeah. this is what this is what angers me. Literally angers me that these like these tabloids and that they got so much grips on these on, on careers on these amazing talents. Yeah, that they can literally, you know, someone can go from enjoying their life to literally like going into a like a graveside where. They're down and out, and there's no one there to, you know, support them. I think that's that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I hit the nail on the head there, sir. It's true. Yeah, the best way Mason Greenwood can, you know, silence all this media rubbish is whenever he gets the opportunity, just show it on the football pitch. And, you know, we all know he's talented. He's a one of the best shot kicker in the Premier League. You know, from any angle, he'll score a goal. Um, and the only way he can, you know, silence all these people is to score, keep on scoring more goals for Man United and keep on winning more games for us. And I'm sure he will be doing that when he gets the chance. And um, yeah, that's all I've got to say, really. Because for me, this all stemmed from when he went away with England because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer never put him into any media outlet's face at all. We didn't do any, any interviews or press conferences or uh, press conferences or anything like that. And then he does one, and then he plays again England against Iceland, and he's just in the media spotlight all of a sudden. And it's the whole social media angle as well that Mason Greenwood's got social media and is going to see everything around him, and mm. his friends are going to see everything around him. What's worse is his family's going to see everything around him. And you're just there like, the guy is 18, 19 years old. How can he deal with this by himself? Because at the end of the day, again, he's a human being. He's got his own needs, he's got his mental, physical, and psychological needs. How is he going to deal with himself before dealing with being a Manchester United striker? I don't blame Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for taking him out of the limelight and not playing him for a few games. No, 100%. I think that was everything. Looking... Sorry, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I'm not Ole's biggest fan, as you probably all know, but I think a good, a good positive way to come out of it is obviously he's been through everything Mason Greenwood is going to go through now. Obviously, development as a Manchester United player, coming in at a young age and obviously developing through like. Um, and obviously, he's got Michael Carrick there as well, who was the same. Both players, who are managers now, both under Fergie, went through a lot of scrutiny at times, whatever had happened, whatever had not happened. And I think they probably seen, even if they didn't go through, but seen the way Fergie treated this, when they probably come up with a different player. And I'm, I'm just hoping Ollie's got it in him to be able to get Mason Greenwood, obviously, back, obviously, in the team, scoring goals, doing what he does best. I think it's a case of the sports psychologist at, the, at Old Trafford at the Aon training complex to have proper one-to-one -one conversations with him and make sure that he is getting everything out there from his head and from his heart, really, because who knows what it could do if he just keeps everything bottled up. And we don't want to see that, whether we're Man United fans or not. Imagine if we're at the Euros next summer and Mason Greenwood isn't there because of how this has unfolded from what August, September all the way down to next summer. 
be heartbreaking. Seeing such a beautiful talent, an amazing double-footed player. He's such, a, he's such an elegant player to watch at his age, Mason Greenwood, as well. Just the fact that you can see how well he controls the ball, how well he finishes. and You, you don't want to see this happen so early, so soon. And they compare him with Ravel Morrison. They have no facts to compare him with Ravel Morrison because exactly. one or two Ravel Morrison hardly made any starts in the Manchester United team. Mason Greenwood came in in his first proper season and he scored over 10 goals in his first season. One of the highest... that age, the Manchester United team in his first season and do that. Rooney and Ronaldo didn't do that in the first few seasons. So we, we know we've got a star on our hands. I'm just hoping um, he's obviously managed the right way and they, they take good care of him because we, we know what Mason Greenwood is capable of. All of you boys hit the nail on the head, man. This is a very somber way to end our podcast. And it's a longer podcast, but again, just, just like um, from last week, it's a very long one today. When you mentioned, we mentioned Jerry Whiston and the fact that, again, we didn't offer our condolences from Friday Night Counterattack or Friday Night Trek with Easton. We all offer our condolences if they're, if they're felt by the Whiston family. And suicide yeah. is never the option. And you, you always need to talk to someone if there's ever problems. And that's... Again, I'm going to be honest and blunt about it. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, so I could talk to my friends properly on a weekly basis mm. about just football and enjoying myself and having a great time. So, again, thank you, everyone, for being on this podcast. No, definitely. It's been good. I love, the fact, I love the fact that it's a consistent thing and we've got it going into a proper way. So we have our agreements and disagreements on our WhatsApp group about what things should be and what they shouldn't be. But at the end of the day, it's all, we're here for it's each all healthy and good. It's all healthy and good. Anyone else got any closing messages? Um, yeah, thank you, guys. It's been a good first episode, man. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Next um, thanks, thanks, uh, uh, thank you to Rahil for joining us. Uh, you know, many more to come. Um, but uh, just, a, just a, you know, uh, a warm message to end this podcast from myself is make sure you tune in next week. <laughs> That's it, Seth. And I just want to say uh, Manchester United are the greatest and biggest football club in the world. That's getting edited out. We're not having that just yet. We'll have that, in, we'll have that in May. We'll have that in May when we win the Champions League. Oh, It'll work well. No, I'm joking. We won't. I know other things. Salim will hopefully be back with us next week and he's still recovering from COVID-19. Get well soon, Salim. Get well yeah, soon, can mate. Get hashtag on, can we get a hashtag going? Bring back Sal Malik. <laughs> Sal Malik's going back. Hashtag Bradford boy. <laughs> no, again, everyone, thank you for listening. We've got 100 plus no, views in no, three weeks. I love it. Take care, everyone. Thank you. We'll take care, boys. Bye.